the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from the Playdraft Studios, with your hosts, Mike Wright, Ben Cummins, and Chris Meany. Holy smokes! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. I am your host, Mike, the Fantasy Hitman Wright. Welcome into the show, everyone. This is a, This is a pretty big show for us. We will be recording this a little bit earlier than you actually hear us. However, you, you can hear our, our episodes. We've been recording, getting things ready on the backside, getting, a, uh, getting some episodes for people to consume, join in, starting the revolution, the DFS for the rest of us revolution, where we are taking a look and we are getting, uh, we're getting beginners, we're getting intermediates, we're getting everyone, we're improving your daily fantasy game so you do not have to be concerned in the slightest and you log on and you slay the giants the giants of fandle DraftKings, and of course play draft i'm joined per usual by my fantastic co-host ben cummins you can find him on twitter at ben cummins ff how you doing ben i'm doing fan freaking tastic football is back and just like you said podcasts are live people can listen it's an awesome day and also of course he's always last on this list but he's first in my heart Chris Meany from the Fantasy Sports Network. You can find him on Twitter, at Chris Meany. How you doing, man? Always so kind, Mike. Uh, I'm doing great. Football's here, man. Preseason games underway. Uh, yeah, just I, I couldn't be happier, man. Yes, and for, for those who do not know, price week one pricing is live on DraftKings, but we, we're, not, we're not going to go full D-Gen and start breaking that stuff down yet. I, I brought that word in, Brooks, uh, D-Gen. I learned that from my good friend Ben. Last week. Got you, Mike. Here for you, man. <laughs> so do not do not worry. Do not fret. We are going to get – we're going to dive deep into week one. But today we're going to be talking a little bit of wide receivers. Before we do that, I want to remind you about the Ultimate DFS Pass. You can find it at ultimatedfspass.com. This is your one stop. This is all you will need, all the information you will need to be prepared for the week, to get those lineups in for your cash games, for your – for your tournament, for your GPP plays, for, for play draft, whatever you need. These fellows over here, Chris Meany, Ben Cummins, and Jake Sealier, they're going to be pumping out articles every single week. You can find that at Ultimate DFS Pass. And we're also doing, we're also hosting a giveaway where we need some we need some reviews. We need some of that love on the iTunes for the pod because we're fresh, we're new. We're just a little baby, little baby pod and we want to grow up. So we get those reviews. If you head on to the iTunes store, you give us a, a five-star review. Screenshot that bad boy. Tweet it to the Fantasy Footballers account. That's at the FF Ballers. Put that pick up. Use the hashtag BallersDFS, and we're going to be rolling through, giving out some DFS passes. Uh, basically, Christmas has come early, fellas. Give Christ us some love. Yeah, absolutely. Feed us. We need to grow. <laughs> yes, and like Alice in Wonderland, we'd prefer if it was a – tiny little loaf of bread and we grew to a giant immediately <laughs> but regardless of that like i said we're going to talk some wide receivers some strategies of, of 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 how we go about selecting who we want for the week so let's do that wide receivers let's start at the top because there's really no better place to start than the beginning i believe that was yogi berra who dropped that hot piece of knowledge. So, Ben, wide receivers, what what matters? 
What matters, Mike? Well, there's a lot, but you know, let's start with the most obvious, and you guys have heard us talk about it before, but we're slamming it in your face because it's all about opportunity in DFS. Yes, that matters for all fantasy football even more in DFS when you're picking guys to go off for one week, and with wide receivers, which is what we're talking about, that obviously means targets, right? You have to get the ball thrown to you in order to have a chance to catch a pass and accumulate fantasy points. So we're starting there. You know, we're building the foundation there. And when we talk about volume, there's a lot of different statistics that we're going to use. We're going to bring to you in these podcasts during the season and in our articles. And we're going to get more in depth, I think, in a little bit about that. But the other thing I want to touch on real quick is volume depends on the offensive philosophy of the team. And just a quick little example would be, you know, because we're going to talk about target share here. We'll explain that. But a guy receiving 25% of the targets in New Orleans is going to be different than a guy receiving 25% of the targets in Tennessee, especially last year when they were one of the most run-heavy teams in the league. Because, of course, we know on the flip side of that, the Saints are one of the most pass-heavy teams in the league and have been consistently under Sean Payton. So there's definitely ways to go about it. Obviously, raw targets is going to be a specific number that you're going to be able to look at and compare throughout the entire league. But there are other advanced statistics that we want to look at, target share being one of those. And just understand it depends on the overall amount of volume that is coming in that offense, um, you know, total that puts a little bit more perspective on that overall target share. I like to think of target share uh, which is we're talking about what percentage of a quarterback's targets does a wide receiver receive? I like to think of it kind of like currency exchange, right? So we, we have our U.S. dollar here, but if I went up and I, I wanted to visit my good friend Chris Meany, my, my $1 would be worth like 500 Canadian dollars. <laughs> is, is, I, I'm right. Close. About that. You're close. Yeah, yeah. You're close but, there. So I, Ben is absolutely right. While you could say, oh, well, this wide receiver is getting 20% of his quarterback targets. Are those Brock Osweiler targets? Because those are devalued, right? Those, those are not worth nearly as much as a Tom Brady target, who maybe a guy's getting 17%. So you, you have to work that currency exchange into your, your thinking and your strategy. So, so Chris, why don't you touch on, uh, on matchups a little bit? Because this is another crucial part of selecting your wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, matchups are huge. Uh, you don't want to really be targeting a wide receiver against a top corner. Like, let's just talk about Michael Thomas for a second. And let's, you know, we're not going to dive deep into week one, week two, but week one, he, you know, he plays against Rhodes. Week two, to leave. Uh, you, you have to take these things into consideration. Top corners, uh, the coverage, especially for a guy like Thomas who is probably not used, not going to be used to that top coverage of having a guy like Cooks on the other side. So, you know, targeting your wide receivers and to what Ben said, you know, the philosophy, what offensive coordinators like to do, what teams like to do. He mentioned Sean Payton. Some of these teams like to throw the ball. Uh, and if you look at teams who are going to be down in games, they're going to want to throw the ball even more in the second half. you got to project that. Looking at Vegas lines uh, is huge, and it's something that we've talked about now uh, throughout the doing this show. And it's something that you can't ignore, and that's where your research is going to have to start, right there. And it'll help you. Uh, you know, make decisions and it'll help your research out. You won't have to do as much, just one place to look at right away. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you nailed it, Mike. I mean, top corners, coverage is so huge and and you'll see that in pricing. You will see just adjustments 
and defense adjustments. That's kind of what I call a defense adjusted salary. So you'll see guys who have better matchups that will be highly priced higher than Antonio Brown or Julio Jones because of those matchups. And those will just certainly stand out to you when you, when you're making your selections. Yeah. And some of you might be listening saying, well, you know, I don't want to play a wide receiver going against Aqib Tlaib or a Patrick Peterson, but how am I going to know if that's going to be the alignment, if that's going to be the case? And you know, that's why we're here. So we're going to be talking about that during the work week. We're going to be talking about that in our write-ups. And of course, yeah, like, you know, if Michael Thomas is being guarded by Peterson, we can't predict that he's going to guard him on every single play. Although there are times where we can kind of determine if, you know, a cornerback is shadowing a guy and predict if that's going to continue. But even if a guy like Thomas is being guarded by Patrick Peterson 60% of the plays, that's still a negative because of how good a corner like that is. So to Chris's point, you really want to pay the most attention to matchups at the extremes. You know, in the middle, it's not as big of a deal. But when we're talking about the best corners in the game, you probably want to fade wide receivers going against them. And when you're talking about the absolute worst, you know, just look no further than the Packers cornerbacks last year. You want to attack those guys every single week and and attack the worst of the worst. And that goes to a team perspective, too. And one of the other statistics, you know, that we're going to talk about a lot and we're going to bring to the table is past DVOA, which DVOA stands for defense adjusted value over average. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, you got to break that down for me, Ben. I got you. I got you, Mike. So this is a stat from Football Outsiders. And essentially, you know, it's a way to take pass yards given up pass yards allowed per game and beef it up even further because what it does is it essentially measures a team's efficiency by kind of taking every single play across the league and adjusting it based on situation. So a 13-yard completion that a team gives up on third and 11 is going to be worse than a 13-yard completion that a team gives up on third and 17. Because obviously it's fourth down, they're they're probably going to get off the field. So those things are taken into consideration, and we're obviously going to talk about you know pass yards uh, you know allowed against as well. But that's just another stat to beef it up. So again, just want to throw it out now and kind of explain some of these things because we want to bring you the best analysis in season, and that means getting a little bit more in depth with our statistics to give you the best you know, chance and give you the most information that the people that you're playing against, they're not going to be looking at these stats as much as we are. And there's stats that you're going to want to look at right away and get a feel for it in the first couple of weeks and even in preseason and see what teams are doing here. And, and again, what you said, Ben, we'll, we will be on top of that. We will be on top of coverage. And Josh Norman, is he going to go to the left side? Is he just going to stay on the right? These are the things that we're going to talk about and break down throughout the season. And you bringing up DVOA, it, I mean, it's huge. It's, it's something that we'll get a good feel of in the first few weeks of the season. I mean, we'll get a feel of if – what the weak side is targeting a team like Philadelphia and their corners on the right side. It could be huge. It's probably going to be a big thing that people are going to go to all year and you'll get a feel for it as the season goes on and you get a first couple of weeks. Like is Seattle going to be able to cover those tight ends? They had issues last year covering tight ends. What have they done to, to bring in adjustments and, and to, to help out that secondary? It's just things that you really have to consider when you're making these picks. Yeah, yeah we're, absolutely. We're paying attention to where all these guys are lining up. So you don't have to. And that's that's a big difference for for DFS for those who are you're coming from the season long world that redraft world where yeah you you're you're grabbing players that you think are going to 
work for you for the entire season. And maybe you mix and match with your lineup because you say, oh, well, this guy has a, has a better matchup. I'm going to play him. While when you're playing daily fantasy, you got to there's, – there's a lot more to know. I mean, you're, you're breaking down getting, – looking through a microscope at a team's defense where – can, where are where are these defenses being exploited? And to to go to that, to speak to that, you got to talk about a little bit about your roster construction. And we talk about this a lot uh, when you're in season long fantasy football. It's not just who you're picking up, but it's it's how does that wide receiver get their points? And are they a low reception, big yard type of guy, but with with also a huge touchdown upside? like Deshaun Jackson, like Des Bryant, or are they high volume, lower yards like Jarvis Landry? And what I mean by high volume, they're going to have, you know, seven to 10 receptions as opposed to four, four to five. So, so Ben, speak a little bit about how you go about uh, constructing your wide receivers, because we can't play just one. I mean, that's the rules state that you got to have more than one guy. So when you're combining people, how do you think about it? Yeah, you have to start three and uh, well on DraftKings and FanDuel and you can start up to four if you want on DraftKings. So just like you said, you know, we have to determine, you know, multiple wide receivers to choose. And yes, sometimes you're going to mix and match the type of wide receiver that you're playing. And I love that you bring up the high volume, low yardage, because that does specifically make me think of a guy like Jarvis Landry. And it makes me think of cash games, because again, in cash games, Really, what you're concerned about is volume and the matchup. And you don't really have to pay attention to ownership percentage at all. Whereas, again, in tournaments, when you have to beat all these people to rise to the top to get that huge payout, you have to think about upside. And you really have to forget about downside and the floor. You have to think about ceiling and hope that that hits. And, you know, a guy like Deshaun Jackson is a guy that not as many people are going to play because they're afraid of the floor, but they don't realize that in tournaments, really the only thing that matters is upside. And so when I'm playing tournaments, I'm going to lean a little bit more towards those Deshaun Jackson types, especially with what we already said, you're playing at least three of them on a lot of these websites and sometimes even more. So I can get at least one safer option in my lineup. And I definitely want to play at least one or two studs if I can afford it. It just depends on the salaries of other positions. But at the end of the day, it's just kind of realizing which type of player fits for which tournament or which game. And Deshaun Jackson versus Jarvis Landry is a great way to explain tournaments versus cash games and kind of the player that you should somewhat be looking for. Yeah, and Mike, you nailed it with Deshaun Jackson. He is boomer bust. He is the, like the definition of DFS and GPPs. I mean, you want to tattooed across his chest. Actually, yes. yeah, <laughs> he does. Uh, and this is the thing: it's when I kind of put together my GPP lineups. If you feel uncomfortable about it, sometimes that's good. <laughs> sometimes that's a good thing. Actually, <laughs> yes. uh, you get your boomer bust plays. Deshaun Jackson is perfect. Is this guy going to get? You're hoping at best he can get you three or four catches. But what do we know about Deshaun? Jackson over the past few years is that he is a big play threat down the field. He stretches defenses. When he gets touchdowns, they're 40. They're 50-yard scores. If you top that bonus mark, those 100 yards on DraftKings, you get in the bonus. Uh, a guy like
like Ted Ginn, a guy like Kenny Stills last year. Kenny, he had nine touchdowns. A lot of them come, came the same way. Big plays. These aren't guys that you're going to put into your cash game lineups in smaller contests, head-to-heads, double-ups, because you're not going to feel comfortable about it. You're not going to feel safe. There's no safety there. I would rather a guy like Ben said in a Jarvis Landry, whether that safety is going to be there with Jay Cutler or remains to be seen, but that's somebody who has the fourth most catches in football over the last three years. You know that the targets are going to come. You know that the catches are going to come. Maybe not the touchdowns, uh, but that's something that there's a safety valve there. With these guys that boom or bust, these are the guys that help you win those GPPs. Ted Ginn is the perfect example for this year. You're going to feel extremely uncomfortable putting him in your tournament lineups. But just like Chris said, you should feel that way because you're, you know, really only going to win a GPP based on what everybody else didn't think was going to happen. I mean, that's kind of just the general rule of thumb. And that's Ted Ginn hitting his high upside in the Saints offense and somehow going four for 170 and two scores because just like Chris talked about with Deshaun Jackson, even though there's a little bit less volume, if these guys have the chance to hit a 60-yarder, they're going to do a lot more damage and have a lot more bang for their buck on their targets. I love you, bring Ben, bringing up the point of the mentality, just just trying to get in the frame of mind when you're playing daily fantasy and you're just trying to set up these lineups because the 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 thinking of I am only chasing ceiling in this tournament is so different than what you do in a redraft league. I mean, you have an entire strategy that coincides with your floor and that's handcuffing your running backs and because you're just trying to guarantee yourself that you're going to at least get some points. But, of course, when you're playing Daily Fantasy, things are open up. You you get to choose from all the players instead of just the ones that are on your, your team. Yeah. I wanted to move the dis- – oh, do you got a point, Chris? Oh, no, yeah, I was just going to add to that. I mean, you're right. When you're talking about drafts too, I mean, are you comfortable, Mike, drafting a guy in Jordan Reed or Kevin White or Josh Dawson, Rashard Perriman? You probably don't want to. You're almost rolling the dice with these guys because you know that they've been hurt. They have a history there, uh, and it's different when it comes to DFS, and you know that you see them on the football field, and you see a couple, a couple plays from them, you see the ability, and you can see the upside, and that's what you're shooting for. Well, if, if people listen to the Fantasy Footballers podcast, Chris, then they know that I'm perfectly okay <laughs> drafting those guys. <laughs> I, I oh, have, there you go, I, then. I have, a, uh, I have a knack. I just, just can't quit those, those injured guys when I know what they can do exactly. if they're on the field. But the speaking upside. of injuries, uh, I wanted to move to that conversation just a little bit for, in the context of, uh, of Daily Fantasy. You have, of course, it's the NFL. You're going to have an injury, but – uh, Chris, speak to the the thought process of okay, let's say uh, let, I'll use the the Cardinals for example. Let's say okay, well we know that John Brown is going to miss, and the and the the quick thought, the easy thought is okay, Larry Fitzgerald becomes the absolute best option in the in the wide receiver core. He's going to get peppered with targets, but you have to consider okay, well now may perhaps. The other team is going to put their best defensive back on Fitzgerald because they know they don't have to worry about John Brown. How do you uh, approach things like injuries, improving someone's situation, or degrading that situation? 
Yeah, well, it's a, I mean, that's a good example. I mean, if all the attention is going to go to Larry Fitzgerald, maybe you feel comfortable. If that were to happen, I would look at it in a couple ways. Okay, Larry Fitzgerald may be a decent cash game play for me. I, I feel like the volume is going to go there, but you can look at it the other way. He's going to get a lot of attention. Maybe that opens up things for J.J. Nelson uh, as somebody who's probably going to be pretty cheap and is also a, a guy that we're talking about here in Boom Bus. He's almost like John Brown. He's got a big playability to him, uh, and he's probably going to come a lot cheaper, especially if this injury had happened a couple days before the game is going to take place and the prices are already set. Uh, There's all kinds of different ways to look at this, though, as well. I mean, you could have the mindset as, well, everyone's going to go to J.J. Nelson. Everyone's going to love that price tag and jump all over him, and that could make It's quadruple reverse psychology. I mean, you you (laughs) didn't know that I was thinking that you knew that I didn't know that you knew that. Exactly, (laughs) and we talked about this before. I know Ben brought it up as well, is, is following, like, the fantasy community out there, beat writers, and traction just happens. If John Brown is out, everyone is on J.J. Nelson all week. I mean, everybody is already talking about J.J. Nelson, and you may not feel like that's a good matchup. You're like, I'm not buying into it, but you know, we're here to tell you if that's going to be a good matchup or if that's going to be worth it and worth the price. Uh, a lot of these, there's so much depth at the wide receiver position. I mean, you look at last year with some of the running backs, I mean, DJ and Bell opened up at 7.5. Towards the end of the season, they were like... 7,500? Yeah, 7,500. And they were opening up this at the end of the season like $10,000. I mean, you, it was hard to play both of these guys. But at the start of the season... You know, you could get by with playing them and pay up for these wide receivers. From my point of view, backs are very important, but there's so much depth to be had at the wide receiver position that you can find value with some of these guys. And like you talked about injuries, and that's how these guys pop up. Yeah, and I also think this is why we wanted to hammer cheap running backs last week because it's so much easier of a direct replacement, right? If a running back's out and, you know, this other guy is, you know, near minimum salary and he's the starter and he's expected to get the majority of the carries, those are direct handoffs. Like you, you don't have to predict much about that, but I love that you bring up this example, Mike, because it shows how much tougher it is to predict what's going to happen at the wide receiver position or even throw the tight ends in there when an injury happens because a guy like John Brown really doesn't even play the same position as Larry right. Fitzgerald because Larry Fitzgerald ran the majority majority of his snaps in the slot last year and so it's like is that even a direct replacement because we know John Brown runs the majority of his routes on the outside which makes the thought process okay JJ Nelson could be the better play and he's going to be a lot cheaper but it's a case-by-case basis with wide receivers and, and this is somewhat gut feel uh, and, and also just depending on the target share and the targets that they've seen throughout the year because you you have to determine if it's going to be the cheap guy or if it's going to be the stud, and it's a lot better if it's kind of a direct replacement with a stud, like, oh, okay, you know, um, let's say John Ross, for whatever reason, got a ton of targets on the outside through the first five weeks, he's out, we know AJ Green plays on the outside too, and it's kind of, you can look at him. Little bit tougher situation with a guy like Fitz in the slot, but it still could be the case where, yeah, he's more expensive, but he's not, you know, the, the top tier price guys. And I think he gets a slight bump because of this. So I'm going to go that way. So anyways, it, it, just like we've all touched on here, 
it's a much tougher thought process with the wide receivers, which is why ultimately you want to hammer those cheap running backs with you can when you can and you know, a lot more wide receivers to choose from. And this, you know, you're hearing our thought process right now. This is where those tough decisions are made and also where GPPs are won in the wide receiver position. But there's a lot more to it. It's it's all about matchups. I mean, it really is. And, you know, looking at corners and the way secondaries are run and defenses, is this a team that puts a lot of pressure on the quarterback? Is Do they have a corner that's going to be able to follow around? As you mentioned, Ben, do they have a guy that's going to go and just focus on Larry Fitzgerald? Are they going to keep him on the outside and take away J.J. Nelson? I mean, that's not going to be – if that's the case and they're just going to cover – top corner is just going to stay on that side and cover J.J. Nelson, then you don't care really how cheap he is. Let's move it over to Vegas, which we, this has become a theme now because the Vegas lines, as we've talked about – they know what they're doing in Las Vegas when they're handicapping a game, when they set uh, a what what will the total points over under uh, be for for a particular game. Ben, what do you, what are you looking for when 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 you're checking out these uh, these projections and these over unders and the and with with the over under you can also and they have the team that's favored to win and using some you know just so that that arithmetic. We can figure out then how many points they believe a team is going to score. You you would call it the implied team total because they don't come right out and say it. So what are you looking for? Is there a minimum uh, of points that you want to see at an implied team total for a team? How do you approach the uh, using the information from Vegas for wide receivers? Yeah, I don't really have like a benchmark that you know I have to hit in order to play a guy. Um, you know, there's over-unders and there's spreads. And of course, just like you touched on over-unders being the total points that matters more to me for wide receivers. The spread doesn't matter as much. And I think it's a bigger deal with running backs because we're talking about, you know, trying to predict game flow. But with wide receivers, we know that it's a passing league and we know that teams that are going to have success and win games are largely going to do that through the air. So their wide receivers are going to have success. But on the flip side of that, the losing team is going to have to throw because that's what the game script requires them to do. So those receivers on that team are also going to have success. So everyone's going to throw. Everybody's (laughs) going to throw, baby. So lots of bonanzas. I don't care as much about that. But yeah, it's the over under. It's how many total points are expected to be in this game. You know, so is it going to be a great fantasy game back and forth? How many total points like you touched on, Mike, are, you know, is this team expected to score? Because the more points, the better that, you know, that should mean more success for the team and the passing game. So these are things that I pay attention to, but it is not an end all be all for me. I think most of everything that we've already touched on, especially at the wide receiver position, is more important to me. Vegas lines are just another piece of the puzzle, but Again, I'm looking at volume, matchups, quality of targets, type of receiver. Are they going to score touchdowns? And Vegas lines just kind of falls in for me after that. That could be a little bit different than you and Chris. Do you guys look at it any differently? Well, I look, I mean, I actually kind of feel just the way you do. It's it's just because I see a total at 50, and 50 is high, like 50 and a half. I mean, that'll be one of the highest for the week, and you may have, there may be weeks where just the way the schedule plays out, the highest could be a 45. And this is what people are starting to look at. I mean, this is how they're starting their research. They're looking at the highest total, and we've talked about this Giants and Saints game, a couple of their games for the past couple of years. We looked at that game, and one of the games, it worked out, and the other one, it 
didn't. And we're talking a lot over these past few shows about being contrarian. And I'm not necessarily going to to jump on the total that's 50 and a half that I think everybody else is. There could be a low total in Buffalo, a team you know that maybe wants to run the ball a little bit more, but it's a good matchup. Yeah, they got the Jets week one. Is everybody going to be on Sammy Watkins and Tyrod Taylor? Like probably. So I'm going to turn myself away from that uh, in GPPs. Uh, just kind of thinking a little bit outside the box. But uh, to your point, Ben, it's not. It doesn't draw the line for me i'm not totally going at the highest game but it's a great way to start your research because you yeah, had mike you said it and they know what they're doing over there in vegas i mean the saints are always in high total games they, they threw the second most out of anybody last season so uh to look at totals is huge uh but it doesn't always necessarily mean that these wide receivers are going to be good in that game and to also bring up what you kind of did ben and underdogs uh i'm looking at that in high spreads if a team is heavily favored uh, probably the game script may show that they're going to be down, but uh, since I brought up Powell too many times, I'll go to Geo here. And Cincinnati was a guy that I went to last year. If, if I thought the game script was going to go, Cincinnati was going to lose this game and they're going to have to play catch up in the second half, then maybe Geo Bernard is going to get a few targets. It's just something to look at. Uh, I know we're talking about wide receivers here. The same thing could be said. If this team is going to be playing catch up in the second half, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot more. Love it. Kind of what you already alluded to. The Vegas lines can actually be used kind of in what Mike said, that reverse psychology where you're looking at, okay, you know, this is the highest scoring game of the week. There's actually merit in saying, I know that a lot of people are looking at this these Vegas lines and are going to be thinking the same way as me. I want to get a receiver on this team because they're expected to score the most points. There's merit in fading that. Um, not playing a guy that's what fading means you know I'm sorry I use that a lot but not playing a guy in that in that game or on that team because you know that there's going to be high ownership percentage and so that's kind of one of the reasons too why I said I don't use it that much because I'm trying not to you know just be a sheep and follow everybody to you know the same thing and so I, I try to kind of come to my own conclusions without using Vegas lines for receivers as much but uh, I think this year I am going to try to look at it and use it the reverse way and say, okay, everybody's on this game. Everybody's talking about it. It's the highest game. What about this third highest game? I still think there's going to be a lot of throwing in, you know, the Eagles and the Redskins. Let me look at that one. So there's merit there as well. Would you find yourself taking that similar approach, though, if in your in your cash games or because uh, I mean we're we're talking contrarian, trying to think outside of the box for these big tournaments where you got to separate yourself in any possible way. But for your cash games, where would you do you look towards the high over under because you, you feel like they're going to be safer plays? Uh- I'll go, go ahead, ahead there. I'll go ahead there and start. Yeah, I'm looking more so uh, for cash games again. Safety touchdowns is the name of the game. I mean. It- I want touchdowns. You want guys that are going to score. I want to target teams that maybe when they get inside the red zone, uh, they may throw the ball. They may throw the ball, and they may not run it. It was a good example of Aaron Rodgers last year. Like This guy had the second most pass attempts inside the 20s, inside the red zone. He threw the ball a ton. And that, that I, th- I look at things like that. I look at things like matchups. Uh, matchups in, in cash games and head-to-head, I'm not necessarily looking at totals. I'm just looking at wide receivers that I think could have big days. Maybe they're just – certainly the number one option on their team and there's not a lot of other great options just target hogs and volume and that's kind of what ben talked about right off the top here yeah an absolute mystical beast the the wide receiver and the target because uh we know that in fantasy football a target 
is worth more than someone running the ball because I mean, just think of PPR. Uh, receiver catches, you have one target, and they it's five yards. It's a five-yard reception. Well, guess what? You now have a point and a half as compared to a running back. And, of course, uh, the receivers last year, all receivers who had 50 or more receptions, they averaged the, – the average reception is about 12 yards a, a catch. So, I mean, there's huge – there's huge yardage, or there's huge points to be had in the wide receiver, but it's a lot harder to to figure out to crack this this mystery. We got to get the uh, got to get Encyclopedia Brown on the case so he can break things down, as opposed to running backs where there's no variables. It's a quarterback handing him the ball, and then how can he succeed? So I hope that you enjoyed the uh, this this quick kind of just overall strategy breakdown of the wide receiver position. So we will catch you next week. We are going to be talking uh, week one very, very soon, uh, I promise. And the these podcasts will now, since the pod is live, they will be coming out every single Friday through the year, helping to guide you through, uh, through the, the perfect storm, through the outrageous swells that can be daily fantasy sports. We want to thank the sponsor of the studio, Play Draft, they're a fantastic place to go and, and, and play some some DFS. And, and they're a good old-fashioned draft your team. I like you don't, it. You don't, you, it's, you don't have to necessarily think about these. Uh, how much money does a particular player cost, and you can head over to playdraft.com uh, playdraft slash ballers and, and get your account set up. Get ready for the season on there. So there it is. There's a, 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 a nice overview of the wide receiver position. We are going to be here Every single Friday, appearing in your pocket on the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Reminder, the Ultimate DFS Pass is available at one low price for the entire year. You're going to be getting the absolute best knowledge to prepare you. to, to the. We talked about this, the, the absolute mental psychiatry degrees that you need to play DFS right now because it's absolutely crazy. But you head over to ultimatedfspass.com and you can pick that up. Articles every single week from, from Chris, Ben, and from Jake Seeley. I'm your host, Mike the Fancy Hitman Wright, Ben Cummins, Chris Meany. We will catch you next time on the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.